<clears throat> now, Joel chapter 2. It's, um, it's a fairly familiar passage, um, I, I think. Um, we'll see if you recognize these words. Beginning in verse 23, we'll read through verse 27. It reads like this. Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain, as before. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God who has, dwelt, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. The grass withers, and the flower fades. But the word of our God, the word I just read you, that endures forever. Folks, the, the situation in Israel at the time of this writing was dire. Um, as a nation, Israel had decided that uh, her best interest could be sought by pursuing idols, the Baals and the Ashtarah. So in light of that, God sends a very unusual plague of locusts who end up eating everything in sight, which of course leaves Israel in the throes of a famine. Israel thought that her idols were the way to go. They weren't. Israel thought that uh, pursuing idols could bring them happiness and joy and meaning and shalom. They didn't. The locusts ruined everything. All of their dreams and plans went up in smoke at the hands of swarms of locusts. And then God raises up Joel. This man that is given a message and told to go to Israel and preach it. It's a message of repentance. He calls Israel to set aside her gods and to repent of her sin and embrace once again their relationship with Yahweh. And to that call, there is a promise attached. The promise is a a harvest floor full of wheat and vats that are overflowing with wine and oil. And the, the particular beauty of the promise is 
I will restore to you the years that were eaten by the locusts and the hopper and the cutter. Never again will my people be put to shame. Folks, that is an enchanting promise. Uh, you and I both know that lost years can never be restored literally. Um, the past is gone forever. You, you can't have back your time or the fruit of your labors uh, that you torched by choosing to pursue sin. Folks, that's one of the reasons that we work indefatigably around here trying to introduce your children to Christ at an early age. I was brought to Christ at age 22. And I have often had the occasion to wish that I had come to know Christ 22 years earlier. But there is this strange and, and wonderful way in which God can give back to you those years that you wasted. Your, um, your locust-eaten years. Those years of folly. Those years of rebellion. The years that the locust ate. Brought on by, by our sin. Am I the only person in this room that remembers those locust-eaten years? I bet I'm not. Folks, there is a power that is stronger than locusts. There is a power that is stronger than our sin. A restoration of those years is impossible with men, but with God, all things are possible. Listen once again to this, this promise. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter. And notice, my great army... That swarm of locusts, that was God's army. He sent it in judgment. But that same God who sends locusts also promises to restore the damage done by them in grace. Folks, the, the charm of this little section of Joel, in, for me, is that God's promise to them was realized through an abundant harvest. They ended up having harvest floors full of wheat and grain. 
and vats that were overflowing with, with wine and oil. So what Israel now had is an abundance of bread and wine. So for people like us, who don't even know what a locust looks like, but we're all too familiar with sin, this promise made to Israel is a promise to us. You thought you knew, we thought we knew what was going to produce for us a life that really was full of pizzazz. It didn't work, did it? And so now this God who sent the locusts is the God has, who has offered to restore those years that locusts ate. And that process of restoration begins with our grasp of the significance of this bread and this wine. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see what is being said to you through these two common elements? Do you hear it? Do you know what this is about? Is this for you some kind of empty ritual? Folks, this sacrament is a summons. It is calling us out of our spiritual famine that we produced by our choosing to sin. It is calling us out of days of famine and calling us into days of plenty. Leaving behind those locust-eaten years. Ruined by our sin. And this sacrament tells us of the remedy for that sin. The broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Dear ones, if you are here this morning outside of Jesus Christ, with every fiber of my being, I tell you, the only hope you have is the hope that is contained in this promise and is on display in this sacrament. In the name of this Christ, I summon you. Step out of your days of famine and into the days of plenty 
made available by the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. May we pray together. Our Father, we are a people, so many of us who remember those days of locust-eaten years. What, a, what an enchanting thing you have just promised us. That you can restore those days that were ruined by our bad choices. So, Father, meet us here. Remind us of the way that you did that through Christ and him crucified. Would you draw people to see that this sacrament is the very thing that symbolizes the cornerstone of your provision in this promise of grace? The provision being Christ. Meet us here, Lord Jesus. And nourish our souls. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.